Are you woke? AOC is, so is corporate America. Woke means you're aware of social injustice. Wokeism is transforming American society. But our next guest says it's not for the better. Those embracing wokeism may actually be advancing an Orwellian world where unwoke Americans are shamed, censored, or fired from their jobs, perhaps even arrested. Well, joining us to explain more is Victor David Hansen. He's Distinguished Fellow at the Center for American Greatness, also a senior fellow at Stanford University's Hoover Institution. Mr. Hansen, thank you for taking time to share your insights with us. So in one of your recent columns, you talk about tuning out wokeism and suggest that revolutions have historically occurred when peasants with pitchforks revolt against the elite. But this change is actually coming from the top down, not the bottom up. Please explain. What do you see happening? Well, whether a person can communicate over social media is in the hands of very, very wealthy people at Facebook or Twitter or Google, um, Microsoft, Amazon, a lot of them in Silicon Valley. And that's got $5 trillion of market capitalization. It's the greatest concentration of wealth in civilization's history. Or if they're going to be lectured, the lecture is probably going to be coming from Wall Street or wealthy Hollywood elites or the L.A. Lakers star like LeBron James or the Obamas from Martha's Vineyard or Oprah from her $90 million estate. And so what I'm getting at is that the people, even the architects of BLM, uh, they have a fondness for owning multiple homes. They've got over $100 million under their control in corporate donations. So what I'm getting at is this is not coming from the lower middle classes who were saying, uh, we've got to have movements to make sure we have crime-free neighborhoods, that we have two-parent families, that we have opportunities for jobs. Uh, it's, it's not happening. It's coming from the elite. As you said, it is the people in the lower middle class that are really suffering here. You talk about the bleak choices that members of law enforcement have at this time. What are they facing? What do you see as the end game here? I'm not optimistic because I think they are rational people and they want to survive one more day to see their families. So when they go out on a call, they say, if I go to a particular high crime neighborhood and I do arrest the suspect, that's not the end. That's the beginning. If the suspect resists arrest and I feel I'm threatened and I use force, especially if I were to resort from and use lethal force, and in any way that's questionable, that decision in the spur of the moment, then I'm going to have my job lost, ruined, my pension lost, my family doxxed, so I'm not going to do that. Or if the, the suspect now runs away after detained, they're not probably going to uh, pursue them because it ends in career destruction. Or so how do they react to that? They Or they go out and they feel they, they themselves might be killed. And there's a lot of people in the United States that would either be indifferent to their death or rejoice at it. So in their way of thinking, when they hear a 911 call and they look at the area or the zip code or whatever the indicator is, they just say, you know, I'm going to pass on this. I think it was you who said we've now seen the merging of our government with big tech and big media. So how has that happened? What danger does that pose to America? Well, I mean, it, it means that what you read in, on Google News or, or what you read on Microsoft News or what you read in the New York Times or here on NPR, on the network news, those stories are either choos chosen or massaged uh, on the degree to which they advance a narrative. And that narrative is mandatory equality results, social, what they call equity 
And if a story doesn't enhance that or indeed refutes it, then it has, have no, it has no currency. And there is no retraction under the new journalism. So if Donald Trump really didn't uh, ignore information that the Russians were putting bounties on our soldiers in Afghanistan, there is no retraction. There's no retraction uh, that Don Jr. knew in advance of the WikiLeaks. He didn't. That's what we were told. The Russian hoax, there's no retraction for that. There's no retraction for the January 6th narrative that uh, Officer Sicknick was violently killed by an enraged Trump supporter, or an armed insurrection stormed the Capitol, armed in insurrection, or a criminal broke through and had to be stopped before injuring people uh, by a heroic policeman. So the real narrative that Officer Sicknick died of natural causes a day later, or Ashley Bobbitt, Babbitt was unarmed and shot by police officers whose name, age, circumstances of which we don't even know to this day, and that not one person who was in that mob of—and I, I condemned it—but not one person in that mob was armed, much, used, much less used an arm. But that—who knows that now? So the, the media tries to affect social change in the way and what it covers. How do concerned Americans then effectively fight this? What can they do? Show up at school board meetings like some people did in opposition to the teaching of critical race theory in schools in Loudoun County, Virginia? What do they do? I think they have to be realistic, and they first it starts with knowledge. And they say to themselves, we can't control Hollywood movies. We cannot control television programming, the Oscars, the Emmys, the Tonys, professional sports, the NBA, the uh, NFL. We get that. We don't control Wall Street. We don't control the big media. We do not control the universities. However, all of those levers of influence, money, power, are still represent a minority of Americans. 30 or 40 percent poll on all these issues support. That's it. Whether that be open borders or canceling their energy programs or the woke movement or etc. So they have to say, we are the majority. And if the Coke CEO or the Disney CEO or the Target CEO or the Delta CEO says that we're racist because we approve of having an ID to vote in the way that we do buy alcohol or cash a check or go to a baseball game, then we're not going to participate. We're not going to buy their products. And when they call us racist, we're going to go to the local school board, as you suggest. And when somebody calls me a racist and there's no grounds for it, we're going to ignore it. We're not only going to ignore it, but we're going to say that the person who alleges that is more likely racially obsessed himself. So there has to be individually, according to each person's station, uh, a desire not to take it and to fight back. The, the majority of Americans of all different creeds and religions ethnic backgrounds don't approve of a McCarthyite America. They just don't. Victor David Hansen, distinguished fellow of the Center for American Greatness, senior fellow at Stanford University's Hoover Institution. Thank you for providing those insights. We appreciate you. Thank you.